Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast this week. I'm your host, Jim Harmer, and there's going to be no intro music or anything today. Uh, Today, I'm just sitting down to have a nice conversation with my friend, Mark Morris, who writes on improvephotography.com and talk about his story in photography. But before we do that, we want to take a second and thank Squarespace for their support of Improved Photography. Whatever your idea is, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish in, in your life with photography, a website is a great way to make that dream a reality. And with their award-winning templates and 24-7 customer support, you can have it all done for you to make the tech- technology part easy. So make your next move and start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's I-M-P-R-O-V-E. So today I'm talking to my friend Mark Morris, who you'll recognize his name because he writes frequently on improvephotography.com. Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going, Jim? I'm doing really good. Uh, Mark, you're such a cool person. You you are like the dream dream of what I want to accomplish in the lives of people that I uh, you know record these podcasts for, for the things that we write the articles for, like what improved photography is built for, what I try to accomplish is what you've done. And so I wanted to have you on the show today to kind of talk through your story of how you bought a camera and uh, listen to all of the episodes of improved photography and you've progressed tremendously to the point now that you have a full-time job, you're a school teacher, uh, but you have a very successful photography business on the side. You're doing really cool things with photography and and that's like that's what this whole everything improved photography is all about. So I'm excited to talk with you. I'm, I can't wait to tell you the story. It's uh, it's actually kind of surreal to be able to be here and to talk to you about it. And actually, the guy that I heard his voice in my car for a, an entire summer, and all of a sudden, uh, I start writing for the website. And now, now here I am. Awesome. Well, how did you first find improved photography? So uh, a couple of summers ago, I was kind of having a midlife crisis. I needed to find a new creative outlet. I, I'm a musician, and I do the creativity thing all the time. And so I, I had done photography as a kid, thought, I'm going to take a summer, I'm going to travel the country, I'm going to get a camera, and I'm going to go rekindle this love of photography. So I went out, I bought a Canon 70D. Nice. Edited, Good choice. Yeah, so it was, it was, I did quite a bit of research before I got it. And then, uh, and then I actually looked up a whole bunch of podcasts just on my iPhone podcast finder, and I found a handful of them. And I knew exactly what I was doing before I did it. I was, I was going to spend the whole summer listening. So I set them all to episode one. And even though at the time I was listening to things that were probably about three years old or whatever, I, uh, I just started listening. And every time I'd hear something cool, I'd stop, I'd get out, and I'd start working on it. Well, Mark, you won't hear this audio, but I'll play for the listeners. This is what episode one of the Improved Photography Podcast sounded like. From the Improved Photography Studio in Caldwell, Idaho, this is the Improved Photography Podcast. It's your weekly dose of photography knowledge delivered straight in your earbuds. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey everybody, I am Jim Harmer. (laughs) That was it. 
that was the first episode of Improved Photography uh, recorded several years ago. <laughs> and and you heard it. You heard episode one and you actually stayed with the brand after that. I did. And I think the technology <laughs> has changed substantially since then. Yeah, the first episode of Improved Photography was recorded on October 31, Halloween, uh, 2012. Uh, so we have we've been around for a little bit. Um, it, it's incredible how much Improved Photography has changed, but also just how photography itself has changed in that time. So you're going on this road trip. Uh, you start listening to podcasts. Did you have any prior knowledge of photography at that point? I mean, yeah. was this starting from square one or no, you're already practice. familiar with square some one. things? When I was a kid, I was actually really into film photography. So I actually, my dad was a photographer and I learned on a uh, an old Argus C3 brick uh just a just a basically a block that had a hole cut in it that would open up and i had my own dark room in the basement i i kind of understood the properties of exposure and light and and the basics on that side but um the first digital camera that i got actually was when i was in college and and digital was just really junky back then and then actually when i was in college that got stolen then I was off doing, uh, I'm a band director, so as a high school band director, uh, I just was so busy, I never replaced the camera. So I had a foundation, but but it had been a long time since I'd done a lot of shooting. Cool. So, and and where were you going? Where, where What places did you hit? Was was this like a photography trip? Were you trying to just take pictures or what? Yeah, The well, the end destination, I was actually going to uh, make my way down to Texas to visit my wife's grandmother. Uh, drove all the way down to uh, Houston from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I just kind of zigzagged my way down through. So I went through the Smoky Mountains. Uh, I, I went and hit a lot of the music destinations. I went down and spent a little time in New Orleans and some time in Memphis and just tried to hit some of the uh, the big blues and jazz historic places. And so it was, it was kind of a uh, all over, I, just whatever I could find interesting to check out. Okay, so as you're listening to your podcast, what do you feel were some of the, some of the, I hate saying aha moments, it just looks like nails on a chalkboard, but what do we call this? What were some of the eureka moments or some of the moments that you felt like you kind of crested a plateau where you, where you made some significant progress? Well, I think... There's 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 a lot of them that kind of come rushing to mind all at the same time. One really big one that I for me for whatever reason was the notion of shooting to the right. Just and and so talk about I, that for those that haven't hit that plateau that um Yeah, that, so basically uh, it's the idea yet. of exposing things a little bit more in your camera than than what the camera might think that you need to do. And eventually um it's I think it's more understanding that you need to adjust what you're doing. The light meter in your camera isn't always going to tell you the truth. You, you know when you're shooting something that's got a lot of dark stuff in it or a lot of bright stuff in it, that that meter is going to be tricked. And so it's, it's a matter of understanding how to deal with it. But at the time, and I think especially with that particular camera, um, I was just underexposing everything. And then I was trying to pull up the shadows. I was trying to pull up and... And I was getting grainy and uh, just digital noise all over the place. And so so that was a big one. I started getting much, much better images when I started doing that. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Any other any other times that you felt like you really saw some significant process? 
I progress? Think, I think another big thing was actually more mental than than technique, but for the longest time, for whatever reason, I, I tended not to photograph people. I was out photographing landscapes and I would photograph dogs and cats and flowers and everything else. But for whatever reason, I, I was hesitant to photograph somebody unless I knew them and they were a family member or whatnot. Um, but like the idea of a street photographer out taking pictures of somebody that they didn't know or, or just capturing people other than my friends was for some reason to me pretty intimidating and a little bit awkward for, for quite a long time. Um, and I think through portrait sessions, actually just kind of getting the sense of, you know, senior portraits and then going out and doing portraiture. And the more you shoot people, the more comfortable you get with that interaction. Um, trying to get them to be at ease with the fact that a camera's pointing at them, which isn't always a natural way to be. And uh, and and that definitely was a, a big progression there. That's cool. I totally believe in that. That's one thing that I talked about several times at the Improved Photography Retreat this year is to not be afraid of learning a new genre or a new type of photography that you just have no interest in or that you don't think you have an interest in. Because I've seen that so much for myself, you know, running improved photography, I need to know all of the different genres of photography. I need to do all the different genres of photography, at least somewhat, because people listen to this podcast and go to our website, who, of course, do all different genres of photography. And I want to have things to share. I want to understand those different things. And what I've found is sometimes a type of photography that doesn't particularly appeal to me. You know, I, you know, you say I'm a landscape photographer. I don't do the portrait stuff. And what we saw at the retreat is people that actually went to the Mon Orchid and, and started just shooting. I heard at least two dozen times uh, throughout the retreat, people saying, oh, you know, I didn't think I was a portrait photographer, but I loved playing with Flash. That was so much fun. Or yep. vice versa. Some people went out into the desert to shoot and said, you know, I really was here just to focus on the portrait stuff, but I loved going out and shooting night photography um, with Aaron. They just thought this was so cool. And so... That that is awesome. I every time I see somebody who's only locked themselves into one genre, once you break into another, it it's always always brings out good things. Even if it still you know doesn't end up being your favorite, you learn so much from it. I actually, when I got back from that whole whole traveling thing and whatnot, a couple of my former students from over a decade in the past had reached out to me. They were getting married. Um, the, the guy that was the, the guy in the relationship was actually, um, getting ready to start his own microbrewery and they were sinking every penny that they had into that microbrewery. And they're like, look, we we're doing a, a wedding completely without spending a dime. Our friend is going to officiate. We're having it at the, the attic above the library where my mom is a librarian. Every single thing is free. We can't offer to pay you, but would you come shoot some photos of this? Um, it was the first wedding I ever shot. And when I went out and shot that wedding, I was instantly bitten by a bug like crazy. Uh, just the emotion of seeing uh, the the bride and the groom and and the tears and the moms and the dads and, and everything that's involved in that. I loved it um, and have built my my photography business around that um, pretty, pretty much. That, that's a big chunk of what my photography business is. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited to 
talk a little bit about the the business portion because I think that's a dream of a lot of people. You know, not necessarily to become a full-time photographer, but you know to earn money to pay for gear uh, or to earn money to validate themselves, which may sound negative, but I don't think it is. I think that's totally an, a great goal. Uh, or, you know, to be a supplement to to one's income. So, I'm I'm very excited to kind of talk about that a little bit more in the second half, but right now I want to focus a little bit more on the on the photography itself. Are, are you still shooting with that 70d oh no <laughs> no oh, okay 70D. what have you switched to the, the gear gone. bug has bitten you then huh? that, that's uh that's that's four generations ago now uh actually i i um after the 70d got a, a 7d mark ii uh and then a 5d mark three and now i have a 5d mark four so kind great of the upgrades swap out. what what do you feel that that has enabled you to do i i mean obviously we get it you know gear doesn't make the photo etc but what do you feel like like that has helped you to be able to to do well i think especially with this upgrade to the 5d mark 4 i do a lot of low light um photography one of the big recurring gigs that i have is with a uh, a recital series up in new york city and that recital series is no, obviously no flash, and and you're operating in really super low light, and the images that I'm able to get because I can push to a pretty high ISO um, are are obviously way way better than even the 5D Mark III was. Completely blows away what I got before that with a 70 uh, Mark II, and fortunately the the folks that are at this this event tend to be. Um, clients that can do really well in terms of the financial side of things. And when you make financially capable clients happy, you are doing a good thing for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. So are you happy with the Canon system? Yeah, I'm a Canon guy. Um, I, 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 I've, my very first Canon was an AE one. I saved up for it when I was in middle school. That was the first thing I got out of that Argus was a Canon AE one. Um, and then after that, I, uh, I've had all Canons ever since. Um, I don't know if I'm going to buy, uh, buy Sharky's Nikon, uh, 500. I, I heard today that he's, he's done with Nikon. So I don't see myself going that route. Um, the Sony that, that the Sony a nine, Oh, that looks pretty sweet, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I have too much money in Canon glass. I don't see myself going anywhere. Huh, okay. Well, that's great. And, and hopefully we'll start seeing some mirrorless stuff from Canon as well. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, cool. So you've, what do you feel were the best resources to teach you photography? And I'm not, uh, trying to, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe that sounds like a leading question. Well, it's gee, really yeah, not not meant to be. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what what resources have really helped you to reach certain things wherever okay. you found them? Yeah, so I would definitely. I mean, obviously, the podcasts go without saying because that's kind of the the foundation of of everything. Um, I did actually sign up for one uh, local college course, like a continuing oh, education how was that? course. That was uh, at the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. And it was like a 14-week-long course or something like that. It was fantastic. Um, oh, good. Unfortunately, I, I, I wish I had signed up for the level two. The, the stuff that I had gotten through the podcasts easily had me past almost 99% of what they covered in that level one course. Um, but it's always good to go back and pick up the, the pieces. Um, it was also before I had uh, done the mentoring group with Erica. 
So I've I was a mentor for Eric with Erica, um, have been since basically the week that that was was launched, um, and you want a, a humbling experience. You go out and you take your very finest photo that you've ever taken and send it off to Erica. And it takes her about three seconds to find the flaws in it. <laughs> and she <laughs> does it in the sweetest, most wonderful way. But, but she sees stuff in a photo that you just don't even know were there. Um, the one that pops to mind, I had a, a model that we did a shoot with. She was in a red dress. And, uh, and it was, I, I was just so, so happy with how it come out. And the second she looked at it, she's like, well, there's there's a red color cast on all of her skin everywhere. And then I totally didn't even see it until she pointed it out. And uh, and that that feedback as having somebody that's kind of ahead of you to 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 look back with a critical eye and say, OK, well, here's where you need to go to the next level. Uh, you just have to find that and you have to be, I think, open to accepting that. Um, I'm a classical musician by college training. And you get very, very good at taking uh, criticism, constructive criticism, um, and you have to just be open to it and drink it in, and 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 then process it. And the stuff that you're going to agree with, you work on it. And the stuff that you don't, you kind of let it go and move on. You know, that's a that's a good metaphor for photography because you know, well, I I was in band in middle school and high school as well. You're a band teacher in middle school. And when you hear somebody, you know, pick up a trumpet for the first time, that's what I played. Um, you know, you you teach them how to play hot cross buns or whatever it is they're going to play for their first song, and you can get all of the notes right. You can press all of the right keys. And it can still just sound so bad, right? Yes, uh, but to can. you, like, you're proud of that. At that level, I just picked up a trumpet today. I'm proud that that sounds like hot cross buns. And so when when you look at your own photo, you, you look at it and you say, that looks like a beautiful waterfall. I did it um, when you're first starting out in photography. And then, you know, the same with music, it's not so much that the notes were wrong or with photography, it's not so much that the, you know, your camera settings were wrong or something like that, but there's so much, so much you can refine over the period of years to get to the point that that same photo of that same waterfall with those same camera settings is now a masterpiece. And it's just little tiny things. Uh, you know, there's there's rarely the one silver bullet. It's like, oh, make this change and ah, oh, it's a masterpiece now. It's rarely like that. Almost always it's, you know, looking at a ton of photos online and you get inspiration for just that look, that feel that they have. You look at a ton of different compositions and you say, oh, if I dropped my tripod six inches, it would make the mid-ground smaller. And, you know, if I maybe changed my shutter speed just a tenth of a second longer uh, to get it a little bit milky or a little bit shorter to get a little bit more definition in that water. It's all those things that really add up over time. Yep, absolutely. And and there's it's such a sequential thing that in, in a lot of ways you don't even recognize that it's happening while it happens. Um, look, remembering back to the old podcast episodes as, as everybody was journeying through, I remember uh, at one one point a long time ago in the podcast, Nick Page was basically going through a leveling up process. And I remember the term actually was leveling up and, and everybody was really uh, excited at watching. He just went through this growth spurt where through a period of maybe three, four weeks, he had a, a shoot, I think with a band 
He had a couple of other really big photography things, but then his post-processing took off. Um, I think it might have been about the time that he kind of discovered luminosity masking, but it might have been a different time. But just to watch somebody um, progress that way, and, and as a teacher, um, I, I get a huge kick out of watching students do that. I have photography students as well as, as band students. And whenever you get to watch a student progress, um, it, it just, that, that aha moment that they have, it's just a shot of adrenaline for the teacher and the student. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, it really is awesome. I, I get the stats on improvephotographyplus.com. That's our subscription site where we have all of the trainings that Improved Photography has produced. Um, you can get everything there. Erica, I've got to mention, Erica K just released an amazing tutorial this week on Improved Photography Plus called How to Pose Women. And it's so good. It, that, that was definitely one of, one of my weak areas. And I learned a lot uh, from that class. I mean, she's just, she really has a skill with that, uh, with the posing. And posing, that's another one of those things that you can look on Pinterest and you can get a couple poses and you can generally do the same thing as, the, as what you've seen online. But it's all those little tiny tweaks that really can make a photo come to life. She really knocked it out of the park. She did a great job with it. And anyway, actually- my point with that is uh, oh sorry go ahead no i just i haven't actually seen that video yet i've watched Uh, it's only a couple days old oh there's there aren't many on there that i that i haven't seen that one just because it is brand new um but from the just from the mentor standpoint if i could just give a a completely uh unabashed plug for erica's mentoring um this the the way that she teaches and the way that she um you, she can get so much out of you as a photographer. Um, I would talk to her a lot about posing women. We actually had a long discussion uh, within the mentor group. There's a closed group where all, everybody from the mentor group just kind of hang and talk. And um, we get very uh, uh, in-depth in a lot of different topics. And for a while, we actually had that discussion going on in there with posing women um, and a bunch of us got actually several different resources together to work on it and make a study of it. Um, we did the same exact thing one month with ring shots. There's almost every month there's kind of a, usually a different theme of some sort. And uh, so we, we did ring shots and, and critiqued each other's and whatnot. And you end up with just basically this group of friends that are all students together and then her leading everybody. And we, we like to refer to us as ourselves as the mentoids. It's a, it's nice. a pretty, pretty tight knit group of people. Yeah, I I was looking at the stats this week on Improved Photography Plus. So uh, we get stats just of how many people watch each of the video tutorials we get out because I, you know, I check that to see what the best tutorials we can make are, what kind of topics people like. And if I see one that, eh, you know, people only watched half of this, then it must, we must be a little bit too boring or something like that, a little bit under people's level or whatever else. And so I, I was looking at that just yesterday and I just thought it was so cool. I was like really inspired looking at that. Like 80% of the members of Improved Photography Plus watch the new tutorial that we put out every single month. That's so cool because that's, that's so many people who are, I mean, leveling up every single month. They're getting, an, you know, 
a 45-minute, hour-long class from some top photographers and learning a new skill every single month. Uh, you know, if you're looking for silver bullets in photography, you'll find a few that'll help you to, to reach different levels. But if you really want to get to that master level, it's just a bunch of tiny little tweaks that you make over time. And I love learning from that. Some, I mean, we have some really talented photographers putting stuff up there uh, in all different genres of photography. And, and, and that's really cool. So uh, it's pretty yeah, neat. I think another one that I'd love to throw, well, there's a bunch of them. I've, I'm a huge fan of the Nick Page and basically anything with post-processing with Nick is just just crazy good. Um, Connor Hibbs, his um, high-end portrait retouching, awesome video. They're just uh, frequency separation, learning how to go in and handle some of the high-end stuff. Um, I, I still need to go through that one a bunch more because there's there's a lot more. Every time you go through them, you get a few more techniques and a few more things kind of under your belt, but, but there's a lot of information packed into them. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and Sandy has some product photography, three product photography courses up there now. Um, and we have that product photography contest going on. Uh, so definitely something to check out if you're an IP plus member. All right, but let's talk a little bit about your marketing and your business. I want to hear how it is that you're making a, a second income through photography, because uh, that's really inspiring to a lot of people who would love to have that. Um, so we'll talk about that in the second half. But before we do that, we want to take a second and thank Squarespace for their support of this week's podcast. Whatever your next big idea is, you can count on Squarespace to make an eye-catching online platform to bring it to life. Whether you need a simple photography portfolio to showcase your work, uh, or a store to sell your products, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. There is so many. There are so many cool things you can accomplish in life, and that's what we're talking about in today's episode. Just you know, kind of taking what things you're dreaming about or you're just enjoying and and making real progress with them and not just uh, kind of getting stuck in plateaus and things like that. And and uh, a, a website, I, I, I really feel like a website is a good place to just kind of make your ideas concrete, you know, to put it out there. I'm doing this. I'm working on this and to share it with the world. Uh, plus, Squarespace has award-winning templates and, and customer support. Um, and they're, they're really your IT department. So you can focus on your idea and not just the technical stuff. Make your next move and start your free trial at squarespace.com today. Enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's IMPROVE, I-M-P-R-O-V-E. And we thank them for their support. All right, Mark, you are a part-time hobbyist photographer who's traveled the country on a road trip listening to way too many hours of Jim Harmer <laughs> on the podcast and the many talented hosts that we have on our, on our shows. And now you've gotten your photography to the point that you're a competent, excellent photographer. And now you're trying to start making some money with it. What have you done to get... Well, first of all, let's talk about where you are today with photography uh, in terms of, uh, of the business and what you hope to accomplish in the future. And then we're going to go back and I want to see exactly how you got there. Yep. Perfect. So right now I, I shoot weddings is probably my main financial income from photography. I do some stock photography, but that's just dribs and drabs. You just kind of like look at that and watch it kind of hope that each month there's a little bit there. Um, I do quite a bit of portrait stuff, not 
not as much as uh, as I'd like. I'd love to do some more portraiture, um, but it just seems like what you what you start doing, you end up continuing to do. And so that that first thing that really got me shooting people was a wedding, and that uh, just kind of spiraled into a couple more, which has spiraled into a couple more. So I actually have a, a limit because it is my my second job. Uh, I'll only do one wedding a month during the school year, and then during the summer, I'll let myself do two a month. Um, and some there are months that go by that I don't have one, especially the the down months where uh, where most wedding photographers don't have much going on. Um, but like this July, I actually, I have a couple, uh, and I think, um, from a business standpoint, uh, one of the biggest lessons that I learned and I I've heard it from so many different places, um, is not to underprice and undervalue your work. And, um, I think Erica was really instrumental in, in that she talks to, to, to everybody about, uh, pricing and, and also client experience, getting to understand really what you need to do. It's only a certain part of it is the actual, um, pushing of the shutter button and setting up the, uh, the settings and whatnot. There's, there's an awful lot of it is more, um, that initial meeting with a bride, how do you handle it? How do you make them comfortable with their day? Like they're going to do this once in their life. And so they need to m- meet with somebody that knows how that process works. Um, and the, and after you've shot a handful of weddings, um, you have a heck of a lot more of experience with how a wedding works than the bride really does because she's probably only doing it this one time. Um, and as soon as you can start become a, becoming a resource to them, uh, then all of a sudden you become a value beyond just your photography, but just as kind of a, a trusted uh, supplier of information on wedding stuff. So the night before a wedding, so you got a wedding shoot tomorrow. Are you excited or do you dread it a little bit? How do you feel? Oh, no, I am totally pumped up. I don't dread it in the least. Um uh, not once. I don't. I don't get butterflies. I don't get nervous. I just get. I just get stoked. Huh. That's awesome. Because for me, I like to do one wedding a year. I haven't done one this year. Um, but really, just just to have the experience of doing it. Um, it just just really that's it. Just for experience. And usually, I'll do it for um, either. Uh, a client that I think is particularly interesting that I uh, want to network with or, uh, you know, for a family member or something like that, really just to have the experience. And I dread it every time. <laughs> I, I I can do a competent job as a wedding photographer. I'm not amazing as a wedding photographer, but I'm competent. Um, but the reason that I stopped quickly, um, you know, I did it for a couple years, you know, when when that was the the best money that I was I was earning with uh, with my photography, and I just didn't love it. To me, it was just exhausting, um, and so I'm I'm glad to hear that you really enjoy that. It's it's always a little bit, um, it's a little bit sad when people do photography because they love it and that's the only way that they see to make money, and so they end up doing weddings, and then it just kind of drains them when photography should be there to build job. Yeah, I can. Uh, for me, that would be, be like shooting babies. Like, yeah, not, not <laughs> shooting babies, but photographing them. Um, it just is absolutely not something that I want to do. <laughs> and 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 
Um, like I mentioned, that very first wedding that I did, for some reason, just the notion of capturing the emotions that are going on that day are absolutely uh, precious to me. I, I don't, um, I don't, I guess, understanding my own psychology, I don't know why it means so much for me to do it. Um, I guess I, bits and pieces. I'm a huge family history nut. I love my own family history. Um, and, and I have amazing photography of like my great grandfather and of my grandfather. I don't have that amazing of a group of photography of my parents because they were from a time period where Polaroids were kind of running around and prints started to get junky and so all the stuff that of theirs is faded and not yeah. great okay lightning round on your wedding photography uh, first of all when somebody says how much do you charge what's your answer uh, i have packages starting at fifteen hundred dollars great what's your target how much would you do you like to see i like to see 2500 for the for the wedding shoot and then there's always product after that that is going to to raise that and make make more profit how did you find your very first wedding client the very first one was the the former students of mine that that came from came to me that they wanted to do a very low-cost wedding ah yes that's, that's right um, and then how did you find your first paying one the first paying one came right out of those images i shared those images out on social media and i got my first bride the the very week that I shared out those photos, they wanted me to shoot their wedding the following, I guess it was like six or eight months down the road. Oh, and cool. Saw them, yeah, she saw them on social media and asked if I would shoot her wedding. Where do most of your wedding bookings come from today? 90% of them come from some level of connection through through the community that I'm part of, whether most of the, the school district that I'm in, there's a lot of sons and daughters of teachers. Um, relatives of former brides that I've, you know, former wedding parties. Um, I haven't really gotten to the point where I have too many bridesmaids or groomsmen of the weddings that I've shot that have come back. I know that's kind of a standard thing a lot of wedding photographers sort of go through in growing their business is, you know, all of the other bridesmaids at a wedding tend to be of a marrying age. And so, um, that can kind of perpetuate itself. Uh, I have yet to do a bridesmaid of of a a bride that I've photographed yet, so I'm looking forward to that one. Do you use a second shooter? I do actually. There's a second. Uh, there's a, a wonderful wedding photographer in a town about 40 minutes away from me, and I second shot for her uh, before I did my own wedding, and then uh, and so we're basically each other's second shooters. Do you use flash when you shoot weddings? Yes, uh, not for the ceremony, but yeah, during the uh, during the receptions, definitely. Um, usually off-camera flash, um, either a two or three flash setup, and uh, and sometimes just depending on on the situation. I, I'm a big fan of bounce flash. What is your favorite pose for couples? Oh, that's a tough one. I I'm not a real huge fan of posed. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, um, I, th I think my favorite wedding image actually is the father daughter dance almost more than the, nice. the, I just absolutely love that emotion. It's like a melt your heart kind of spot. That's cool. Well, Mark, thank you for sharing your story. I, I think that's so cool. And I hope it's inspiring to everybody who listens as it is to me, uh, cause 
I have big goals in my life and things that I want to accomplish. And I, I just love being around people who are accomplishing theirs and not just now just sitting around doing the same thing week after week, kind of wishing things would happen to them, uh, but who are just taking a little action every single day and, and making stuff happen. I, I think that's so cool. Well, one thing that you have been writing about on the website and that you will be writing a lot more on the website about is tripods and ball heads. You, you have worked with a ton of companies to create content uh, that will be coming out on improved photography and that you'll be doing kind of a, a road trip around the country this summer, showing off a bunch of different tripods and ball heads so people can kind of test them out and see what they like. You have stuff from Three-Legged Thing, Acrotech, Benro, Faisal, FLM, never even heard of them. Enduro, MiPhoto, Novoflex, Oben, Really Right Stuff, race Slick and Vanguard. Uh, that's pretty much the who's who of tripods and and ball heads that you have have uh, stuff to show off. So you're going to be kind of on the road showing these and also writing uh, content, you know, articles and such on on improved photography. Um, it looks you have quite the schedule of places you're going to be everywhere from Valley Forge to the Pennsylvania Center for for Photography, Gettysburg, North Carolina, Central Park. Ohio, um, at Connor, at Connor studio in Colorado, um, Kansas, Chicago, you're going to be all over the country, uh, showing off these tripods, um, and, and meeting up with some of the hosts of, of the improved photography podcast as well. So we're going to post this schedule on improvephotography.com slash workshops. That's where you can find everything that Mark is doing with these meetups, but also all the awesome workshops that, that Nick and, 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 uh, Connor and Sandy and and Brent are doing. I'm trying to think if I missed anybody. I think those are the only ones that have listed workshops right now um, on the site. But tons of events coming up that you can meet with improved photography people. These are not at all. None of these actually are improved photography events. They're separate, run by these people. Uh, but they're they're all the people you know. They they're, we're friends. We're all friends. Uh, so be sure to check that out at improvedphotography.com/workshops. Well, uh, Mark, tell us what is your doodad of the week? All right. So I'm actually going to be attending a macro photography uh, workshop by Brent Bergherm. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Out at the Chicago Botanical Garden. And uh, I, I have a, I love macro photography, but I, I need to learn a lot more about it. And one of the things that I aspire to have by then and will be learning to use is the NovaFlex Castle Cross Focusing Rack. Oh, and nice. Yeah, that looks like an amazing piece of equipment for, for uh, handling your focusing on macro photography. So I've never actually used one of these, but tell me if I'm right on this. So what it is is you attach one piece to your ball head and then you attach your camera on it and it just gives you very fine tune with the knob so that you can move your camera just a millimeter forward or backward because that focus is so fine with a uh, with a uh, macro photography that you know just moving your tripod wouldn't be accurate enough is that right yep that is that is my assumption again i don't have this gear i'm going to be getting it it's uh hopefully will be in the mail shortly um but yeah it's it's a basically a focusing rack or a rail that can handle the axis and the the one that i mentioned actually can focus it can handle the axis both front to back x but and also y left to right okay so you can do just micro do little micro adjustments and then uh, and then you can focus stack the images together and uh 
and and get those amazing crazy uh, macro shots. Awesome. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you uh, being on the podcast today and telling us uh, about your your story and some of the things you're doing in photography. It's inspiring to me. Everybody be sure to check out Mark's articles as you are reading through improvephotography.com. You will recognize the name now and uh, be able to see some of the cool things he's doing. Jim, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on. And I hope to meet a whole bunch of the listeners. Um, this is kind of a... Uh, Kind of a pay it back kind of a trip for this summer. I just hope uh, I everybody's on their own spot in the journey, and there's going to be folks that are listening to those podcasts for the the first time on the way through. If they can come out and meet up and check out some of the stuff before they drop a lot of their good hard earned money on it, um, and we'll just do some shooting and have a nice hang. Good for you. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Thanks a lot, Jim. <laughs>